This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era. Hosted by 17-year-old entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. Now, let's get right into the show. What up, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today, episode 31, we got the homie Jaden Gross. This man's been a huge mentor to me in my life. And today, we're going to be talking about some interesting things. But first off, Jaden, I'd love for you to do your intro about who is Jaden, man. See, it's so funny because this is my second podcast I've been on today. I was just on Dynamic Duo earlier today. And it's funny. I'm, I, I hope I can say close to the same thing so that people don't think too weird of me. Um, but basically, Jane Gross is a – I always start off by saying I'm self-made because that's something that I'm super proud of. I realized going into the new year was you know, 12 months ago, Jaden Gross was pretty much a no one. And I think a lot of people can understand what that means because you know I was so judgmental of myself. I was so just kind of like – controlling of my environment and I wasn't getting any results. Um, but I turned that around when I stopped doing basically a couple of different things that hopefully we can talk about today. And so in that, the, that short period of time in the past 13 months since, you know, literally October of 2016 till now, January of 2018, I have really become, you know, self-made entrepreneur in all different aspects. I've, you know, allowed myself to really impact not just physicians, which is my primary company, Dr. Patient Finders, helping them understand how to translate their message to the patient and how to help monetize that message. But really, I've allowed myself to grow in more than just finances. I've, I've grown, you know, personally with relationships. I've grown in health. And I've also grown, you know, really in, in, in love with, with my partner, uh, Kayla. So, I mean, seriously, Jaden Gross is just a full, you know, uh, encompassing self-made entrepreneur who still to this day is working to change the world for a better place even after he's gone. So that's sure. who I am. Love it. And I know for everyone listening, man, we met what? I think it was February in person at Ty's place, man. So regarding yeah. how we got started and how we met up, it was due to the social media agency. You were there, you were making videos, you were involved with Ty's social media course. And that's kind of, I would say, the initial standpoint of how we got connected. But for the people listening, how did you get involved with your social media marketing agency? Because that's been, I know, a huge blessing in your life that you've been able to manifest. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, my my journey kind of began in August of 2016 when I found Ty Lopez on Facebook. And, you know, I was broke. I said this in the other podcast, too. I was the type of guy I'm, I'm all or nothing. I'm, I'm plan A. I don't have I don't even know what plan B is. Um, I, I was so bad with managing my money with even a stable paycheck that I would still constantly have negative red numbers in my bank account. And it was because, you know, I would overdraw, I would have overdrafts. I, I just wasn't that smart financially. And I still yet today don't have that good of awareness. That's why I outsource and delegate it to those people who are good. So basically my, my journey started in August where, you know, I, I was just on Facebook browsing like most people do when they're depressed. Um, <laughs> they, they seek that social approval. And, uh, I, I came across an ad called the five, uh, you know, uh, stages of wealth. And it was a pyramid and it was by the gentleman Ty Lopez. And basically it was an intro video to his 67 step program. And I joined his, you know, 45 minute wealth pyramid discussion. And this is where we talked about the entrepreneurial delusion mindset. I was so delusional to the point where even though my bank account reflected red, I still feel, felt that I was green. 
And if you guys are listening to this podcast right now and you feel like that right now, trust me, that is a good part about yourself. That means that you have overwhelming amounts of optimism, even in spite of the reality of negativity that you're surrounded in. And trust me, that was by far the most defining aspect of Jaden Gross that created the success that I have today was regardless of what was present in my life that didn't define the future gifts that were to come to my life. So always understand that, you know, your journey isn't where it's, it's going. It's always where you, you, you position yourself now and how you view that now into the future. So that's just a little side rant. But, you know, I, I, I saw his pyramid of wealth and I was so delusional. I thought I was at the top part of the pyramid. I was like, man, I have to be super wealthy. And I was at the bottom. I was on the, I was on the fifth tier. And it was so upsetting to me that I, I was just compelled to learn more about how I could go up these steps of wealth. And so I purchased his 67-step program. It wasn't that much. I didn't have any money, but I was like, you know what? I'm already in debt. Might as well go a little bit more in debt and at least feel better on myself. Like I said, I wanted to Facebook for social approval. I was yeah. just trying to get that quick emotional fix. So I download a 67-step program. I love it. I literally consume it in 20 days. You're not supposed to do that, but that's exactly what I did. And uh, yeah, I was following him on his Snapchat and on his Instagram because I couldn't get enough of Ty. And that's when he was in Norway, just kind of looking at purchasing a water company, um, which is another interest of mine too. And he was just basically saying that he um, was interested in opening up a social media marketing agency program. And I was like, oh my God, here's a dude who advertised to me on Facebook using like a banner ad, not even a feed ad. Like at the time, I remember it was a banner ad. It was like the one on the side that you're not supposed to do, but that was the one I clicked on and it worked. And I was like, if he could get me to purchase a product, on Facebook and that's social media marketing, why wouldn't I learn from this guy? So I ended up scavenging uh, together $1,000. I actually didn't even have the money myself. I got it from my girlfriend's uh, mom actually specifically and I had to pay it back in 90 days. So I entered the social media marketing program kind of like with this added pressure. I didn't actually have like the luxury of like thinking, oh, if this program doesn't work, because it's a four month beta, like at least I have my comfy job. Like I didn't have anything going into this program. So I, like I said, I'm all or nothing. I went all in, went into the social media marketing agency program and yeah, just kind of hit the ground running, uh, was able to land my first, you know, really large client, $20,000 cashier's check all up in, in one in December. Ty flew me out and you obviously know the rest of the history, man. Cause we, we met each other at Ty's. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a beautiful, uh, you know, a beautiful journey that I'm super grateful to, to, to have experienced. For sure, man. And I feel like even for me, man, the 67 <laughs> step was just, it was huge for me because like, I know people listening, like I was in my neck brace. That's where I had my initial starting point was learning from Ty when it comes to the 67 step program. For sure. But yeah, I, I think it's super cool because I mean, regarding that whole program itself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have social media agencies or are in the process of starting them. But before we kind of get into the more, practical side of things. I always like to ask my, um, by the people I'm interviewing, what is one word that describes Jaden Gross? One word that describes Jaden Gross. Um, hmm. See, it's so funny. I immediately, I thought of limitless cause I hate to be capped, like captured. Um, when I think of myself, I think of like this big ball of energy and it's like, if you look at your screensavers on your computer, you know how there's those ones that like literally go off of the screen and then they come back and then they go off. Like that's, that's me. Because I am so off the chain sometimes that I even surprise myself. And I think that's what keeps me cutting edge. I think that's what keeps me innovative because sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. And I think that's the blessing and the curse of being an entrepreneur is you have to be super, like I said, it goes back to the full circle, entrepreneurial delusion. I think that I know what I'm doing sometimes, even though I don't. And it's that confidence and that zealous you know, uh, focus that I have that inspires other people who actually possess that skill set that I'm in requirement of. 
and they like help me build what I need to be getting done along the way. So, um, yeah, that's the one word I would say boundless or limitless or just anything that could be uncontained. Okay, for sure. For sure. So I know, um, regarding how you said you got started with Ty Lopez's agency, you've been able to build that agency, start multiple businesses, but yes. with, with social media marketing in general, I know that that's how we met. That's kind of like a pinpoint of this interview I want to talk about, but yeah. when it comes to the future of a social media marketing agency, I'm sure a lot of people are listening right now. What would you say as a successful agency owner is the next things, whether they be to look out for or things that could evolve in the social media marketing agency business model? Yeah, absolutely. So inside the social media model, that's a great question, Casey. Uh, the, some of the things that I'm noticing in our business that you really have to be keen of, like that you have to be aware of is just understanding how life is so a part of business because, you know, like I said, I had a client just the other day or just the other month, I should say, where we were making him $26,000 in gross revenues and our fee was a $15,000 monthly retainer. So in paper terms, we were profiting him $11,000 per month. Now that sounds like a good deal, right? It wasn't because in his eyes, life at that moment felt like he needed to be getting everything at like majority stakes being for him. And if that doesn't make sense, let me further explain it. We were getting 15,000 in his eyes and he was only getting 11, even though that 15,000 he paid us generated the 26 to then 11 was profit. So from his perspective, he really felt that he was getting the, the, the short end of the stick. And sometimes you can't control clients. And it's so funny because I was just talking with my business partner the other day and he said something that was like, I, I ate it up and I have to share it. It's if you don't have any bad customers, you don't have enough. And it's so true because I used to think that I need to have like the perfect client, every single client. And if it's not a perfect client, then I don't want to work with him. But it's so hard to determine what's a good client and what's not until you work with them, right? Because experience trumps all. And so one of the things that I highly recommend social media marketing agency owners or just entrepreneurs interested in getting into the field look at is really understanding how to qualify a business for social media marketing. Because truthfully be told, social media marketing isn't like one of those things that you can just like do one month and then turn it off the other month. It's actually a long term kind of play that you really have to focus on, even if you're doing like e-commerce, let's say, right? I've been recently getting into the e-commerce verticals and that's more short term because you can do PPC to accelerate the entire result of a campaign. But even still, some PPC advertisement campaigns don't manifest until, you know, 90 or 120 days. So you really have to be patient. And I think that's the problem with a lot of businesses, not just social media, but a lot of things that I noticed that are pitfalls for entrepreneurs. It's just not being patient enough. And I know that's cliche. Gary Vaynerchuk says it. Everybody says that. But truthfully, understanding what patience is to you and to the world and how you can bridge the gap between that. Because I, I thought I understood what patience was last year and the world had a totally different understanding of what patience actually was. And for me to try to brand myself as a, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneur who made X amount of money in X amount of months was difficult because I also struggled with that personal barrier of like, am I being patient enough? Am I ready to capitalize and, and, and cash in on my success or do I still have yet to come? So, you know, that's the pitfall to avoid and a focus to have is to just like what you phrase this question as, you know, what's to come always be focusing on what's to come always be focusing on the cutting edge because as soon as you start monetizing on something that's just you know the wheel is already spinning on it i guarantee you it already has an expiration date it already is on a timer it's already about to go out the marketplace because the, the difference between you know traditional businesses back 30 40 50 years ago and now is marketplaces didn't change as fast as they do today markets usually shifted 30 to 40 years 
every, you know, I'm sorry, markets shifted every 30 to 40 years. Now they shift every three to four years. So if you yeah. think about it, it's so much faster now and you have to be so much more future oriented and, and looking ahead of the times because if you don't, you run the risk of being caught behind the eight ball. And that's obviously the last thing you want to do. So those are my, my, my two little tips on what I would do for anybody getting into the social media sure. space. Cool, cool, cool. So when it comes to, um, this is something I like to ask a lot of people as well. When it comes to who is the first person you think of when you hear the word success? Hmm. Bill Gates. Bill Gates? Yeah. Why? Um, Bill Gates reads half the day. And success to me is just constantly being a student of, of self learning. And I, I consider myself a breed of the autodidacts, which is basically, a, I'm just a self learner. Bill Gates is the epitome of a self learner because he literally had the mission statement from a young age before computers even existed to put one in every home that existed. I mean, it's so funny. If you look at back in 1990 or wow. 1980, whenever computers didn't exist, how many computers there existed in the world? There was only one. It was Bill Gates computer. It was his. And he was like, I could be super selfish and grow my own strength to, you know, have this computer hoard it, which is what a lot of cynics do, or I could share this vast power with the entire world and look at what he's created. He's created Microsoft. He's created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, dude, they cured smallpox. Like, yeah. that's great. Like, I literally, I, I mean, don't quote me on that, but like, I'm pretty sure I just found this out. I was listening to the Bill and Melinda Gates, um, you know, foundation and, and what they're doing is absolutely incredible. And that's also what I attribute to the success when I think of a person is not just how much money they have, but what they do with it and what kind of impact they're making. And, and truthfully be told, somebody who's accumulated the amount of wealth that Bill Gates has and has the humility to give all of it away is like, <laughs> like think about it. A lot of people aren't even at that level yet. They're like trying to get to his wealth. He's like, I'm already giving it all away. I'm giving it all. Away. So that to me is pure success. That is the most raw, positive energy form of success. And, and that's really what I, I truly wish to attain. I love it. I love it. So back back to the social media marketing aspect, because I know regarding the way I do podcasts, I always like to hit the practical side of things as well sure. as get info from the person I'm interviewing itself. But I know a lot of people who have social media marketing agencies, whether that be they have clients or they are just starting out. What is one thing that you think is being spread about bad advice you hear about starting an agency, whether that be you hear people saying do this or do that when someone like you who's had it a successful in a way, What's any bad advice that you heard that if people are listening, you'd want them to know that, hey, stop doing it or hey, don't go that route with that? What's like that one piece? You know, one of the things that just kind of irks me about the social media space is the fact that people think you can just do everything from your laptop. And that's part of the reason why I've actually transitioned more to more so as a focus this year. Not to say that my my digital marketing agency isn't a prime focus and the main you know source of revenue stream for myself. But like I just I, I understand where the pain comes from when people, you know, get into to a business, they like realize that there's so many more challenges that, that they face versus, you know, thinking about it beforehand. And one of the challenges that a lot of people face in any business is just getting out and talking to people. Like people have this natural fear of like presenting something that they find valuable to the world to another person in spite of rejection because they don't truly believe in the product or services value and impact on the world at a greater level. So personally for me, what I always, you know, suggest to people who are in business for themselves currently or are interested in getting into business for themselves is to just make sure you have that concrete belief of what you're selling your product, your service, your, your offering, if you're an affiliate, I mean, you really have to just buckle down on your belief patterns because at the end of the day, that's all sales is. It's just a battle of convictions. Like Grant Cardone says, it's really just me being more convicted and having a stronger belief in what I'm doing over you. And you just kind of drop yours and just 
submit to mine. And mm-hmm. and I and I know that sounds very harsh and very black and whitish, but if you think about it in the in the in the grandiose of things, larger companies, of course it doesn't seem like that because they've already gone through that barrier. Like you look at big companies like Walmart and 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 stuff like that, and they've already gone through that quote competitor barrier and now they're just the dominant force, which is what Grant also talks about. So you know, when you're getting into business for yourself, one of the things that really just bothers me is just, you know, focusing too much on what other people are doing as well. A lot of people, they'll get into business and they'll be like, what are my competitors doing? And they'll do it to the point of obsession to where now they're, they're not getting data from their, from their competitors. They're getting like emotional stimulation. And I think that's too far. I think you need to get data from your, from your competitors. You need to understand what they're doing correctly and what they're not doing correctly so you can monetize it better. But don't get to the point where like, you know, let's say you're trying to become a social media influencer and you see somebody's, you know, affiliate marketing a specific brand. That doesn't mean that you need to go out and find somebody to affiliate market for Like yeah. do you do it well and do it so well to the point where your competitors turn into, you know, people that fall by the wayside when you become the dominant force in your own space. Mm-hmm. That's what I would recommend. Boom, boom. That, that's killer. That's killer. So when it, when it comes to your, you as Jaden grows, as someone that has attained success as an entrepreneur, I know that especially for young entrepreneurs listening, they see this or they see the success of people, but what's been the biggest setback for you or the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome throughout your journey so far? Oh man. (laughs) Oh man. That's a good one. Um, I I think I just overcame it actually just back in December. So this is super personal and super, you know, close to chest for me. Um, it was judgment. Um, self-judgment to be specific. I really didn't realize how much pressure I put on myself and how unhealthy some of that pressure was. And truthfully be told, you know, I think everybody, you know, struggles with paralysis analysis, feeling like they're not doing enough. But at the same time, not a lot of people talk about over analysis yep. and, and I'm sorry, over action and over like doing things like there's a time to work hard. There's also a time to work smart. And if you don't do both, you're going to fail. Like a lot of people think like, oh, I can just work hard forever and then I'll be successful or I could just work smart only forever and I'll be su- like, no, they, they both like business requires both. And one of the things that I was consistently habitually just refusing to, to acknowledge about myself was the fact that I was always preferring to work harder over working smarter and that working harder stemmed from a, a point of self-judgment to the point where I didn't feel like other people could do things as well as I could. It was like a, a Superman complex even. And it's ironic because I've been talking about this, you know, building a Justice League, not don't be a Superman thing, but I myself was like indirectly being Superman. So you know, it, it just stems from, you know, not judging yourself. And then also when I, when I stopped judging myself, I realized that I struggled with a pattern of needing to control everything too, because when you don't judge yourself, you realize how vulnerable you, you actually become because you have to be humble if you're not judging, because that's where growth actually occurs is when you're being humble. There's no, there's no growth if there's judgment present. Just remember that. So I realized that when I wasn't judging myself, there was so much room for growth. And then that's where control comes into play. How do you actually, you know, quote, manage, or how do you effectively utilize that time available to grow so that you don't get into the position where you feel like you need to judge yourself again, but also you feel like you're being so controlled of that nobody else can assist you in that growth process or or journey. So um, that was really like the biggest game changer for me last month. Yeah. And and, and that's, I've seen it in my business. I've seen it in my relationships with people. Um, I've seen it in my personal health. I've seen it like it's so interesting too. Like this was, this is a cool thing that it's a kind of a side tangent, but I think this is important for this podcast. I, I didn't realize how angry I was like deep down. I was so angry at like things that just, I hadn't even let go of from like years ago. And that anger was so physically present in myself that it actually like deterred opportunities from entering my life. 
And I didn't even recognize that until I let go of it, until I let go of the judgment, let go of the anger, let go of the control, accepted it fully. And then all of those opportunities that I was like passively rejecting just like started flowing back into my life. It's like ironic when you start doing the things that you really want to do, you start getting what you really want. Like, wow. So it was just super, super uh, eye-opening. And um, yeah, I just, I, I think that was probably uh, judgment, control, and, and, and really just trying not to criticize myself so much for everything that I didn't do versus the stuff that I did do. That's, that's fire. That's fire. All right. So I, I have two more questions regarding as we're wrapping up this interview. So yeah. one of the short one. So what does being a leader mean to you? Because I know that you've been able to guide people along their journey. You've mentored hundreds of people. You've been able to mentor me. You've been able to build an audience on social media. But what does being a leader mean to you? And how do you express that? I know this is going to sound crazy, but the first thing that popped in my mind is being a leader is taking the first round of Russian roulette. Like it's literally like the first, like whoever's the first Ooh. to grab the gun is the leader. Ooh. Cause honestly, the leader is the one who in spite of consequence still acts. And I have always found myself being the person who's just like, you know what? If nobody's willing to freaking pull the trigger, cause we know that five of the six slots don't have bullets. One of them does. I would rather just like, first and foremost, it's a win-win for me. Cause I'm a leader. Cause let's say the bullet was there and I'm done everybody else lives. So I actually did a really altruistic thing. It's almost a martyrdom, you know, a, a martyrdom. If I don't do it, then at least we know that the next person has the chance to do it. And the other three need to be just as courageous as I was because I did it in spite of consequence. So leadership inspires leadership. You know, a lot of people believe this uh, fundamentally and sometimes even unconsciously because they go onto YouTube and they're like looking for all these, you know, ways to become successful. And it's so hard because there's so much information out there and they're looking really not for information. They're looking for a leader. They're looking to be a part of a community. They're looking to be a part of a tribe because humans are social by nature. And we always just want to feel like we have that sense of belonging because that's really where a lot of people get stuck in the success journey is okay. not feeling like they belong somewhere. And that's why they have to attach themselves to industries like social media, like real estate, like yeah. pot, you know. So for me, it was really just understanding that I need to be the guy that as soon as there's an opportunity for me to grab that, I'm in. Like okay. I, I'm the first one to the to the magnum per se in the Russian roulette round, and I will you know pull the trigger until it, it needs to be needs to be uh, un, un, undone. I guess that's that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. The Russian roulette kind of analogy in a sense. But regarding before we get to the last question, something very practical two of your favorite books that have helped you as a person like overcome whether it be certain situations or just that you like in general that you want to pass over. So two books to the audience. I got, I got this, I got this really cool book that somebody sent me last year. It's called the rise of the young. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a great <laughs> book. Shame, shameless plug for Casey guys. It's a great book. I'm featured in it. Obviously I'm a little bit selfish. Um, no, but for real though, the two books that have genuinely changed my life. I talked about this in the other podcast too. Number one was if you're not first, you're last. Um, understanding that in business, you know, back then you used to have to be the first person in a customer's mindset, but now customers, uh, the, the way that purchasing online has, has kind of changed is there's so much information that it's almost slowed down the purchasing process because now that customers have choice, they actually don't need to purchase immediately because they don't feel like they're running out of time. And that's the reason why urgency bias has become such a big focus in the marketing outlets because they understand that time's running against them if they don't actually get a customer to buy. So interestingly enough, what I've actually focused on more so this year is really just trying to 
you know, focus on, you know, reading books that are alongside of that. And one of the books that I read that like, you know, changed my life besides if you're not first, you're last actually is right above me. It's called The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. And The Undoing Project is is really just uh, – it, it, it kind of just talks about how, you know, like I was saying, the, the Russian roulette, it really just focuses on how humans can go past the barriers of fear, past the barriers of unknowing, and, and really accomplish kind of what nobody could have ever imagined because – um, it, it really, you know, the, the, the point of success happens right in between failure and, and I honestly think like ultimate awareness because success isn't, is, isn't always like a hundred percent. That's, that's what I think people misunderstand about success too, is that like, you know, in school we're taught that like an A plus is a hundred percent. So like naturally people would think, okay, success is an A plus, which equals a hundred percent, which is not always true. If you look at it fundamentally in school, you need a C to pass that's success. So actually 70% is a success. 80% is a success. 90% is a success. 95% is a success. And something that they talk about in, in the undoing project is really breaking down those wrong mindsets that were taught to you by, you know, just generations and generations of the archaic mindset, which if you guys are in the 67 step program. Ty talks about two, the 500 year old archaic mindset. It's, it's just, you know, really the undoing project. And if you're not first, you're last, those two books last year really shaped my life. Also the one thing by Gary Keller, um, I personally didn't like that book and I disagree with it. But like I said, in order for you to learn, sometimes you have to realize what you don't like. So the one thing was a book that I just kind of stood against. And that was something that also shaped me for who I am today as an entrepreneur. So that's a book that I stand against strongly that has shaped me. And then if you're not first, you're last by Grant Cardone and Michael Lewis, The Undoing Project. Um, th th those are like the three I would say that I would recommend. Cool, cool. I love it. So last question regarding social media marketing as yes. a practical thing for the audience to do. I yes. was leaving, I always tell people on my podcast that are listening, like you could be driving to work listening, but if you don't actually apply certain things, whatever avenue of life, doesn't right. even have to be the podcast. You're never going to get anywhere. So yeah. when it comes to those practicality things that you'd want people to know from in their social media business of whether that be, let's say, yeah, a way to close a client or a way to progress in your agency, what would be those two things that you'd want a social media agency owner to know that they can turn off their phone and apply right now today? First, I'm going to answer that question, but I'm going to answer it in a way that I don't think you here. here here's, I'm going to answer that. Okay. That is a how to question. And if you're focusing on how to do something in business, you're always going to be behind the eight ball because mm -hmm. there's always somebody thinking on why to do something. And, and let me just explain that even further, right? I watched a video by Simon Sedek. If you guys haven't watched it, it's called the golden circles. It's three, it's, it's, it's a Ted talk. It's amazing. And he talks about three different circles. The first circle is what a company does. The second circle is how a company does something. And the third thing is why a company does something. And he gives a really good analogy. I don't, you know, memorize it verbatim, but I understood it. And here's another tip too. Try not to memorize things, try to understand things because the concepts is really what messages are trying to relate, not the actual words. So what he, what his message was, was the fact that the difference between a brand like Apple and another, you know, competitor brand that's selling the exact same products is these other brands will come at you saying what their product does, how it works and why they do things. So they'll be like, buy our iPhone today. It has, you know, a eight pixel mega camera. It's got, you know, video, blah, 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 blah. And we love to help empower people with internet technology, right? That was a what, how, why methodology yeah. versus Apple's branding strategy, which is we create the most beautiful and that's like a, like a totally different sales perspective. And that's the yeah. reason why Apple got so big is because they sell first with why. 
then they tell you how, and then they tell you what you're buying. Because at the end of the day, people are going to buy what they like, and people are going to buy what they what what they know. So if they understand why they like something and they know how to work it, they're going to buy it. Like that's just the impulse nature of humanity. I mean, there's yeah. tons of people out there. I, I I literally bought. I have a laptop sitting right here that I didn't need to buy that I bought because the freaking company was so good at telling me why I needed it and how it worked that I just felt like I needed it. So. I, I really want to challenge anybody who's thinking in the aspect of how to do something or what to do to change that and go another level above that and figure out why you should do something. Because that's what I did in my business this year and actually uh, a little bit into Q4 last year was we changed our business from a for-profit to a for-purpose model. So now our, our main company that helps do uh, social media marketing and, and digital advertising and branding storytelling for doctors and physicians, instead of us trying to figure out how we can better monetize our current clients and how we can attract more revenue income, we actually are figuring out how we can build into the cost. So we're actually increasing our costs to send a doctor over to third world countries to use their expertise to help actually change the world and impact the world. So that's our four purpose model. So now every 10 clients that we sign up into our digital marketing company, we will literally send fully expenses paid for with tools and equipment and supplies, as well as, you know, hotel and stay one doctor over to a third world country and allowing them to actually use their expertise in a literal environment that would never otherwise have access to yeah. that stuff. So that, that for me is a why, because think about it, what's more attractive, me coming to a doctor and saying, Hey, we help you grow your business. Uh, how we do it is through Facebook advertising. And the reason on why we do that is because we want to help third world countries or me saying we help third world countries by sending doctors overseas. And we do this by marketing for doctors just like you. We help grow your business. And indirectly, what we get in return is 10% of revenue per client. And then we can send one of you guys overseas. Wow. Totally different. It's like, yeah. it's like night and day. So if you, if you structure your pitch differently and you structure your mindset differently and you structure your objective differently on why you're doing something and how you can do it for somebody and what it's going to accomplish for them first versus what you do, how it's going to help them and why they should be interested in it. It, it, it's just like night and day. It's like turning on a light switch on and off. Like once you turn it on, you never have to go back. So uh, I had to, I had to help you. Was, case. <laughs> I, I, for those of you guys who are listening, uh, and, and sorry, Casey, if you don't want me to say this, Casey to me is like a little brother. Casey has always been an absolutely incredible entrepreneur, super inspiring. You, I mean, just to like look at how much you've changed in the past 12 months is odd dropping. I mean, you get, you got verified on Instagram, you've created your own, you wrote your own book. You've literally connected with some of the most influential people on planet earth in less time than I think the history of connecting with individuals as well as started your own like viral branding marketing. Like, like you're just impressive. And, and, and one of the things that I want everybody to recognize about this podcast is Casey is doing this podcast, not for himself, but for everybody listening. And the fact that he is doing this in spite of knowing all of what he's created last year, that's just for himself success wise. He's doing this for you is even more of a kudos to you, Casey, because you genuinely understand the power of impact by helping others. That law of reciprocity is going to come back to you tenfold. So kudos to you, man. Appreciate Super that. inspired and, and just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate that, Jaden. And for everyone listening, Jaden has been a huge mentor in my life, honestly. I'm not going to go back and forth with how much I appreciate each other, but <laughs> I met for everyone listening that doesn't know how me and Jaden got connected. It was at Ty Lopez's house. My first time being in LA, amazing experience. I remember walking into the hotel and I'm like, Jaden, 
Like, cause it was funny because it's like, I, I was in the social media marketing agency and I was watching your videos before <laughs> the first time you went out to ties. And yeah. then the second go around, it's like, that's when we came out together. That's how we met. And to everyone listening, I always talk about networking and to kind of end this off, I just want to say like, me and Jaden could have just said, what's up, met at ties mm. and never have really built it. But it's like, it's been what, almost a year now. I feel like we talk every day whenever we get on the phone. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's just, that's like, that's my major thing is just networking, building real relationships. And I feel like a lot of young entrepreneurs just don't take that seriously. And that's been like a huge focus point for me is just like using a social platform or using your business, for for example, to actually build a relationship or the why in a sense, because I, like I always say, it's always going to pay off long-term, not necessarily doing it for the money, but for the impact or for the relationship or the stuff that you can't put intangible value. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's yeah. just how I wanted to end it regarding just for everyone listening, like for me and Jaden, for example, like we've been able to build this relationships, but it's came from the consistency of things. And like Jaden said, you have to make sure that you tweak your mindset, whether that be for your business or for the relationships that you've had, because that's like the main, that's the main point that has came across my life over the last year for sure. Love that. Absolutely. Cool. I mean, Jane, I appreciate you coming on, man. To everyone listening, make sure to drop a review on the podcast. Let me know what you thought about it. And then, Jane, one more last thing. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, guys, so guys, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very active, active on, on my, my Instagram, Instagram and on my and Snapchat. On my Snapchat. You can you follow, can me follow me at Jane Gross Official. Uh, on Instagram, so it's uh, literally my my full name, Jaden Gross, and then official afterwards. Um, or you can follow me on Snapchat. It's the first half of altruism. It's A L T R U I, and I made that Snapchat when I was 15 years old. And the reason why I did that was because I realized, like I said, the law of impact and law of reciprocity. If I'm willing to share with the world more than I should, they're more likely to do the same with me. So. You know, you just have to complete altruism by literally adding me and the SM, which is just, you know, snap messaging me. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, build a really great relationship together just like Casey and I have. For sure. So, yeah. And then also that will be in the description. So if you don't want to remember that, type it in. Just scroll <laughs> down. Go to the description. You can, you can screenshot it. But Click yeah. on the link somewhere in this video. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But that being said, everyone, thanks so much for listening to the Rise of the Young podcast. we got an episode coming out every single day, seven days a week. So that being said, I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Yeah.